0: Welcome, welcome to Freaked Out with your co-hosts, Liz and Landon. What's up, everybody? Today, we will be covering the episode of Alyssa Turney. I've got to say, guys, this is probably going to be one of the more disturbing episodes that we bring forward based upon all the details that Alyssa wants to share today. But she says it has to be put out there because people need to know the kind of man that Michael Turney is. And also give and educate people on grooming and how all that works because she has stories for days. Obviously, she had dealt with abuse for such a long time and really wanted to make sure that we correctly give all the details as much as possible. Absolutely. So, this episode is going to be a little bit more graphic, obviously, dealing
1: with child abuse and sexual assault. So, again, If you have any little ones around, probably recommend not letting them listen to this.
0: Alyssa's name has been swirling around in my life for the last two to three months. And originally Landon had suggested us to complete this case in the month of November because he had read someone's comments in relation to our Facebook group. Just a discussion post in relation to her case. And he felt drawn to it and had suggested for us to complete this one. I mean, I was reading the comments and then I did my own research
1: and I was just completely disgusted in what I saw when I was reading up on this case. Now, technically, the case is solved to a degree now that things have gone haywire due to the recent events of Michael Turney. Now we're going to explain all of what happened to you guys.
0: We're going to be jumping from present to past and consistently jumping here and there. So it might be a little difficult to keep up, but I'll try to convey it as good as we can. All right, we're going to get
1: right into it now. On May seventeenth, two 2001, it was the last day of Alyssa's junior year at Paradise Valley High School. She had gone to school that day, and because her father was going to be picking her up early, she decided to let her boyfriend know that she would be seeing him later on in the evening at the end of year party which everyone was surprised that she was even going to be going to because she was never allowed to do anything because her dad was always preventing her from having any sort of social life outside
0: of school. Now, according to her stepfather, Michael Turney, he dropped her off in the morning, as usual, then picked her up at around lunchtime. Allegedly, they had an argument and she stormed off. Now, according to Sarah,
1: Alyssa's sister, Sarah had a field trip that day. Now, she returned back to the school after her field trip, and her dad was supposed to be picking her up, but he ended up not picking her up. She then went to a friend's house, and he picked her up later on between 5.30 and 7 p.m.
0: She's unsure of the time. Later on, he and Sarah had found a note in Alyssa's bedroom, allegedly written by Alyssa, claiming that she was running away to California. I mean, what is extremely odd about this was that she had left
1: her cell phone and other personal items behind. She also never showed up at the party that night that she was really looking forward to going to.
0: Michael ended up filling out a missing persons report on May 17th of 2001, but in the immediate days following Alyssa's disappearance, police did not suspect foul play and no police investigation took place. Period. Now, on May 24th, Michael claimed he received a phone call from a California number where Alyssa swore at him before hanging up. Now, with all that
1: being said, Michael had stressed the urgency to his family that they needed to find her. However, when it came to communicating with the police, he felt like she had run away to California because she was mad at him and wanted to be with her
0: aunt. So because they trusted Michael, they didn't really do any sort of investigation whatsoever which I wouldn't have trusted him. But anyway, no search was conducted. Really, nothing was done because they felt as though she was the runaway. I mean,
1: big shocker. Hmm. Now, by the luck of the stars in 2006, self-proclaimed serial killer Thomas Albert Heimer told a prison guard that he had killed Alyssa. He had been in prison since 2003 for an unrelated murder. However, when Phoenix police questioned Heimer, they ultimately determined that he had not had any contact with Alyssa at all, and he admitted he might have confused her with a different victim.
0: I do really want to point out that Alyssa is a very strong spirit. Like, she can will people thoughts. Like, it's pretty intense. I'll explain that in a bit. But anyways, she's really loud on the other side. And from what she shows me, not only did she appear to this guy... Even just in name, she was showing me that she needed it. Some sort of light shone on her case since nothing went nowhere. And that's when the silence on this case finally ended. Now we're going to go jump back further for a minute and talk about her
1: childhood and her mother and everything surrounding all of that. Now, Alyssa was born on April 23rd, 1984 to Barbara and Stephen Strand. Now, Barbara left Stephen and started dating Michael Turney when Alyssa was only
0: three years old. Michael had already had three sons from his first marriage and a daughter from a brief marriage, but he never admitted that was his, although it was. When Michael and Barbara got married, he legally adopted Alyssa and her older brother. They all lived together in a blended family unit.
1: The couple then had another child together, Sarah, in 1988. Soon after Barbara was diagnosed with lung cancer and soon after that she had passed on leaving Michael a single parent to six kids.
0: The boys were all older so he pretty much raised Alyssa and Sarah on his own. Now Alyssa was only nine years old and Sarah was just four years old at the time that their mother had died. I mean to say that
1: these children grew up in a very unusual home is really saying something. But let's get into all those details. Now, Michael was somebody who was extremely paranoid of the government and the police and anyone working on that side of the fence. So much so that he had a camera watching people's movements inside and outside of his house.
0: I know it's not unusual now for people to have surveillance in homes, but it was back then and not a lot of people had done it. He also had a recording device attached to the home phone. So anytime somebody would call, every call was recorded. Now he did this because he was somebody who was litigious. And
1: for those of you who do not know what that means, it means somebody who likes to sue people, as Liz likes to say, sue happy. That sue happy is back.
0: We actually know someone personally like this that likes to sue every single person possible in order to get something out of it even if it's their own children but anyway he had a few lawsuits going on one to do with work where he got injured i'm not really going to go into the details but he did make a claim that the person was trying to kill him he ended up winning a settlement and was able to get on disability for the remainder of his
1: life he also had hidden cameras inside the home as we stated before and one specifically was in the living room vent and his children did not know about
0: that camera Since there was a lot of heat on him in relation to this case, the police over the years had asked him some questions. For instance, since he has all this equipment in his home for surveillance, you would think he would have some sort of clues as to where Alyssa left and went. He had informed the police that uh, no, the phone recorder was simply not on or it glitched. He gave them both excuses. And also the surveillance camera was malfunctioning, not able to get any sort of surveillance of her leaving the house either. Now the
1: police did ask later on if they could look at these recordings. And again, he said no. They then asked him a few years later. And he said that he looked through all of the footage and didn't find anything that was suspicious. And he ended up
0: recording over all those recordings. Of course he did. I also have to say, I know it's him... We all know it's him, but you would think that if he was, you know, a grieving person who just lost his stepdaughter, why in the hell would he record over anything if he genuinely really loved and cared about her? You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Maybe you would keep
1: it, keep it for her sister, you know, Sarah to like look back on to see her, you know, sister one more time alive. You know, it's just crazy. That doesn't make any sense. Now, going back to Alyssa's childhood and her teenager years, now she started to rebel, She was a teenager, and any time she would get close to a friend of hers, he would then prevent that relationship from getting any closer because he did not want anyone close to Alyssa at
0: all. For example, one of her friends had a birthday, and her birthday was fairly close to Alyssa's, and they got Alyssa a cake and sang happy birthday, and Michael was really upset about that. He indicated, well, I wasn't invited, so he told the parents that they were bad parents and didn't allow her to be friends with them anymore. I think he also called them drug addicts. He definitely did. Now, he did this with every single
1: relationship that Alyssa had. Also, he had informed her school that she was someone who struggled with education and was a little behind when it came to learning and had a learning disability. And that she had ADD, even though there was no official diagnosis of that. He would also constantly sit there and help her with her homework And make sure that she went to school. He was pretty obsessed with her and actually wouldn't really let her do anything on her own unless she was at school.
0: Meanwhile, her sister Sarah had a completely different upbringing with him. He would always tell Sarah that Alyssa was stupid and not capable of functioning the way a normal person would. And he was always afraid that she was going to get herself killed. And he never really let her go anywhere. Meanwhile, he would let Sarah basically do whatever she wanted. There was no rules. He didn't really pay attention to her total neglect.
1: He even got involved in Alyssa's relationship with her boyfriend. For instance, she had a guy come over and she kissed him and then left it. But he had
0: told her boyfriend that she had done this to make them break up. Yeah, he had showed him a video of this happening. Like, where are you getting this video from? You know what I'm saying? anyways years later seven to be exact in 2008 michael claimed that Alyssa was killed by two assassins from the international brotherhood of electrical workers and that she was buried in the desert center california i mean yeah because in
1: 2008 the case was reopened now in december of 2008 detectives told sarah that her father was their main suspect simultaneously authorities were raiding the attorney home where they seized more than two dozen improvised explosive devices, 19 firearms, two homemade silencers, and a van full of gasoline. Wow, that doesn't seem like somebody going off
0: to war. They also found a manifesto outlining his plans for a rampage against the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers building in Phoenix. Michael was arrested, prosecuted, and sentenced to 10 years in jail. He was released in August of 2017. From July
1: 2017 to January 2019, Phoenix residents and freelance journalist Otavia Zapala released a podcast called Missing Alyssa that explored the case and interviewed some of Alyssa's friends and family.
0: In June 2019, Alyssa's sister, who was 12 in 2001, began a podcast as well called Voices for Justice that explored Alyssa's disappearance and subsequent police investigation. She drew up over 3,000 pages of publicly released notes and case documents from Phoenix Police Department. And in April of 2020, Sarah began posting about the case on TikTok, gaining millions of views and followers. I mean, the fact
1: that so many people were involved with this just proves that doing things like this
0: can help. Exactly. That's what Alyssa was showing me. She showed me that the podcast and TikTok route really helped her in the past. So why not continue with her side of the story? Now, some things that Sarah had found odd was that
1: she had just dropped everything in her room in a big heaping mess and took the backpack. It was a very odd thing for Alyssa to do because she was very organized.
0: Absolutely. And why would somebody run away? Well, why would she want to run away? Well, apparently Michael had the answer. She and Michael were fighting in
1: relation to her having some more freedom this summer that was coming up. And according to Michael, his response to her was, you live under my roof. You have to check with daddy because daddy is a nervous wreck when you don't.
0: He claimed the last time he saw her, she stomped off to her room and he said he would give her some time to cool down. And he apparently left the house and went shopping. Hmm. The letter that was
1: found said specifically this, Dad and Sarah, when you dropped me off at school today, I decided that I'm really going to California. Sarah, you said you didn't want me around. Look, you got what you wanted. I'm gone. That's why I saved my money. Dad, I also took 300 from you. Alyssa.
0: Now, Alyssa and Michael would often fight and she felt as though he treated Sarah a lot differently than he had treated her. The police didn't even come to the house after this happened.
1: It's just, like, wild. No formal report. None of the kids had any formal interview. No DNA was ever taken. Like, I just find all of that strange. Even if she did go missing, you couldn't even come to the house and just kind of do a check to see why she went missing?
0: I agree with you wholeheartedly. It it is very odd. Now, she did have an aunt, and Mike kept them, basically all of Barbara's side of the family, away. Later, when the aunt had been contacted, obviously she had no idea what was going on. The police never investigated this further. If they had like, taken a few days, a week, to like, investigate this guy, they would have definitely seen something was off. I mean, clearly, just looking at all the weapons
1: he had in his house, for what reason back then? She never resurfaced at all, and nothing ever came of it. Now, Mike would be panicked with the kids about where she was. Now, meanwhile, with the police, nothing to see here. And he did this very often.
0: Yeah. Now, he did end up taking everyone to trips to California to look for her. They rented a car and would go to the mall. And, of course, Sarah doesn't recall Mike being around too much. She would just sit in the hotel. He claimed he was going to the bad parts of California. Also, a week before Alyssa went missing, Mike
1: called Children's Services and said, hey, if my daughter Alyssa calls and says I molested her, it's a lie because she asked for a car and I said no. Like, why would you even do that? That doesn't even make any sense. And if I was that worker, I definitely wouldn't believe that. I'd be like, Okay, all right, dude. And then I'd hang up the phone and go immediately over there and be
0: like, hey, talk to me. Right. Like, it's like. Mommy, I didn't eat the last piece of cake with the cake all over their face. Like, oh, my goodness. Also, there were signs of sexual abuse before her mother had died as well. Now, when
1: they started looking into this case for real this time in 2008, Michael refused to give any sort of DNA. Big shocker. He thinks the government's after him and will take his DNA. Now, he refused to do any sort of polygraph test. Another not so shocking information. He refused to do anything because it triggered him. They arrested him as he walked to the mailbox. He had two handguns on him, even at that time, and seven magazines and a knife. Like, to walk to the mailbox.
0: I honestly think that's the reason they took that route, because they had no idea what he's capable of. And I feel like they had talked to people around the neighborhood. They're like, hey, what's up with this Michael guy? And they're all like, oh my god, this guy's crazy. So I think they took that approach because they knew what they were dealing with. Anyways, the reason that we're doing this case more than anything else is because of what happened recently this year, after he was arrested in 2020.
1: As of July 2023, all charges against Michael Turney have been dropped. And as still today, Alyssa's body
0: has never been found. Michael has a YouTube channel. Yay. He also wants to start a podcast as well. I can't even express The amount of feelings I feel when I look this man up. But I had to do it because I had to get all the information I could. Alyssa's family does love her so much. Her
1: sister Sarah has 1.1 million followers on TikTok. Not only is she advocating for her sister, but she's also advocating for others, just like we're trying to do. So if you guys want to go give her a follow, do so. She's trying to do well and she's doing pretty well on her own podcast as well. Let's try to help find Alyssa.
0: Whew, heavy breathing.
1: I know you're nervous about this one.
0: I really am. There's many different reasons why. I don't know what would be considered appropriate. I don't know what is too much. I'm someone who struggles to let it all out, you know, when it comes to the really nitty gritty details, because it could be too much, but also that's what she wants. So this will not be a normal case by far, but her energy really wants all of it out there. So... Here it goes. Now,
1: I know it's tough, but you're going to be giving Alyssa a voice and that's exactly what she needs. Something that hasn't really happened in a long time for her.
0: All right, here goes. First and foremost, she does want everyone to know that she is still the same Alyssa. She's still very punk. She's still very much about her music. I know that she really liked Marilyn Manson back then, but to this day, she's rather obsessed with the lyrics. But more than those songs. Those songs were genuinely a cry for help. And she feels like there were so many people in her life that failed her. And she's still angry about this. So she wants to call everyone out as well. And we're going to start from the very beginning. Absolutely. Now, she only met Michael when she was three years old. What would she like to tell us about that? She says she remembers her mom being smitten with this guy because he was a charmer. He had children. He was open to dating a woman that had kids. She felt like she was winning, so she didn't spend a lot of time waiting and took things with this guy to the next level very quickly. She shows me that it was only approximately six months after she had come into the home with him that she was molested for the first time. Now, she remembers this first time happening with great detail. She shows me she was wearing a little nightie. I don't believe she had any underwear on. She had just had a shower or a bath. Mom had given her one she's showing me she really liked mike and he had always had little gifts for her so she felt comfortable with him practically clung to him she would of course climb on top of him naked this particular day and he made some sort of statement to her like you can't be walking around here like that without me touching you down there and he proceeded to rub her obviously she was extremely confused by this but she thought it was normal because he told her he did it because he loved her what a sick fuck of course he did fucking sick loser Alyssa takes it one step further she shows me that after she died she felt like she had to do something because she was worried something would happen to someone else she was worried about a bunch of different things but she shows me that she tried her absolute hardest to see all angles of things including his own thoughts and she says that the only reason that he even married Barbara in the first place was because she had a daughter, specifically her. He only had boys and yes, one daughter that he claimed was not his. But from what she shows me, Alyssa was not his only victim. He had molested a couple of girls prior to Alyssa as well. He was dating someone else. I'm not entirely sure. I'm thinking this person had like two kids as well, and he did molest them, but I feel like mom freaked out and let him go. I mean, how often was Michael doing this to Alyssa? From a very young age and about two to three times a week, and the only reason it was that minimal was because mom was still around. From what Alyssa shows me, she did tell people that daddy did this, but really no one took her serious enough. There might've been a teacher told her mom, there might have been a second teacher. Now, mom did get it checked out because of her behavior. She shows me she was doing things very sexually in school and would talk about things that seemed extremely inappropriate. I even feel like she drew a picture representing what took place, but people didn't really understand. Now, this information may have been reported to the mother, but the mother got her obviously checked out and there was a plan in motion to leave. In fact, from what I see, Barbara was feeling uncomfortable and in a controlling relationship at this time. And obviously her diagnosis took place and that's when everything just fell through the cracks. And she even knew back then she wouldn't be able to save her children or protect them. Well, three weeks before Barbara
1: passed on, he quit his job, although he said that he had gotten fired.
0: He knew he was going to have to be at home watching these kids. And also being, you know, that supportive system for Alyssa as a full-time pedophile. Sick fuck. From what I can see, as soon as Barbara passed away, Alyssa was obviously devastated. Sarah as well. And obviously, you know, Alyssa had mom around for a lot longer. And she took it really hard, which is expected. And obviously he was there for her in his sick and twisted way. While grooming her over and over again at the same time. Now, I don't know if she always stayed in his bed, but from what I gather, she spent a lot of time there and he continued to do this. He was definitely afraid of her growing up. He also made sure to get involved in everything because he was very paranoid that she was going to say something to someone. Another reason why he painted her as like a person with disabilities, because he wanted her to appear as though she's not all there And, you know, in case she does, in fact, tell someone. Of course he did. What a sick, 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 sick person. Now, when
1: did things start to change for Alyssa?
0: From what I gather, between 11 and 13, I see that their relationship started to change. They started to have more problems. They started to fight more. She was also not interested in this kind of relationship with him anymore. And that was not okay. And basically he would force himself on her over and over and over again it didn't matter that she didn't want this and she really started to rebel she made a lot of cut comments to him she shows me that he didn't physically like hurt her or beat her but he did get more violent threatening her taking things away from her oh by the way she wants to point out that Whilst all of this was happening from the time that she was even three years old, he was recording everything. He had these little camera devices up even when he molested her at that young age. He had a box with all of these recordings and he had that box with recordings for a long time. He basically did it for himself to keep on a rainy day when he wasn't doing anything since he didn't have a job anymore. And he would watch these things over and over again. She didn't have a clue that he was recording her. And I think at some point, there was another man that got his hands on these tapes. I don't know who, how, when or why, but she said that he got really mad at this person. But anyways, this person also has never shared any information and may never share this information with anyone. As if this fucking, you know, Michael guy couldn't
1: get any worse than he already is. He was constantly filming her from three years old on like and doing these things. Like, why? Why would he do
0: that? She doesn't even have the answers completely, but she thought it was normal. Now, everyone did have those, you know, cameras we would film our kids on swing sets my mom did it all the time making old videos old memories but he took it to an extreme he would take her to work to the store to the grocery store in the vehicle anytime she spoke he would just pull out this camera just start recording her he never stopped his reason the obsession and he wanted to keep tabs on her every movement did Alyssa ever get angry about the recordings she did She's also showing me, too, that he wanted to have proof that he was a good father. But anyways, she did end up finding some of these recordings when she got a little bit older and she did confront him about it. But I feel like he had some sort of excuse or something and then he hid it again. I do feel like he told her he got rid of them, but she shows me that he didn't, in fact, like actually get rid of all of them, maybe none of them, honestly, but she was unaware Of this for the remainder of her life because she thought that he officially stopped recording every aspect, at least sexually. So this must be like when he started putting
1: like that hidden camera in the living room and like just having those kind of cameras around the house.
0: Exactly. Did Alyssa at all share any of this with anyone? Oh yeah. She told Sarah, obviously, when she was 12. But she also told Sarah just to kind of protect her. I do feel like she shared some details with some friends that she did get close to, but she told them all never to share any of this information because her dad was scary and they were scared too. They never dealt with any of this. He did want to prevent her from having those private moments though. So these conversations with other people were far and few between. She really had no outlet. She shows me that the obsession was so unreal that he looked at her more like a girlfriend than ever a daughter, even when she was very, very little. And that is why the obsession was so extensive. With that being said, due to her rebellion, he didn't like that. He didn't like any women not being submissive, which is why he was infatuated when she was younger, because she was. He did not like women out of line. He felt like women should shut up and know your role. And that's basically what he wanted from her. Those private moments where he would sexually assault her became more violent. He was doing things he never did to her previously. I feel like there may have been an incident where he even threatened to shoot her and stab her, slice her throat, kill her while she's sleeping, if she told anyone or didn't let him do it. And in those moments, she gave in to his demands. I also feel like he would make her put on a show. He also made suggestions that he would start sexually assaulting other girls and she was honestly afraid for her sister so she really just went along with it until the last time. I know exactly how she
1: feels. Now sadly this just happens way too often. I definitely understand that pain there. I mean she truly was alone you know in this situation. Now what happened on the day that she ended up disappearing?
0: She shows me that she was actually in a very good mood because her father agreed for her to go to this party for the first time in her life ever. She was actually gonna get to go on her own without any problems. So hell yeah, she was excited. And there really was no reason for him to pick her up early. Anyways, she knew that whatever the excuse was was just some sort of bullshit. When he picked her up, she shows me that instantly... He was basically taking back his permission to go to this party. She shows me that she lost it on him. He even suggested for him to go with her. She told him that she no longer wanted him in her life and was going to go and tell every single soul what he had done to her. And hell, she was even going to show them proof. She knows it's wrong and he's going to go to jail and then she's going to get custody of Sarah. Now from what I gather, she shows me that he told her that basically she had no choice. He would lock her in a room for the rest of her life. It looks like she may have hit him or kicked him or something. She shows me that he even tried to hold her down. She was able to get away from him. And I believe that's when she decided that she had had enough. She told him she was leaving and she stomped off to her room, running away from him. She shows me she was making a mess everywhere. She was banging around. She decided all of this while she had tears running down her face and her cheeks and her neck, that she was running away. And with that being said, she started to pack, whilst screaming at him, calling him a pedophile, a pervert, a kiddie diddler, anything she could say to him to trigger him. And I'll tell you, he had finally seen the reddest of red. He ran into her room with his gun and his silencer, and he shot her point blank with the gun held right up to her head. She shows me that in an instant she fell back on the bed. There wasn't a whole heck of a lot of blood because he did it in a way to cup his hands and he did clean up the mess that was around. The reason that things were taking so long is that he went into her notebook and he found this letter that she had written, I guess, months prior. This letter was written because she was mad at him. Again, another time he said no to her but she really did not have any intention of running away to California. I think her sister also had pissed her off that day. It was like a very emotional day for her. It was simply just her way of rebelling due to the abuse. She also didn't ever want to leave her sister behind. She also shows me that he stood there for a while looking at her. He may have even touched her again. God. She shows me that ultimately the reason he killed her was because he was afraid she was going to tell everyone their secret, and at this point he had to hide the body. She shows me that he did not go to California to take her body. He did get plastic bags and shovels, and he took really just about everything he could to bury her. He left a note and made it look like he didn't kill her. Once he finished preparing, she shows me that he had some remorse because in his eyes this is the woman he loved and he was never going to be able to fill that fantasy anymore in his sick psychotic ways for years on end ultimately she felt it was a blessing i mean seriously like
1: disgusting piece of shit that is super disturbing and also now he just killed his one and only obsession Now, does Alyssa happen to know where she did end up, where he did end up burying her or putting her?
0: She shows me that there is this location that her and her father and even her sister Sarah went to sometimes. From what I gather, it's close to this wind cave. I've seen a lot of pictures of this particular area in Mesa. I feel like that's where they went. Now, I'm not sure exactly which direction because it really looks similar. I keep seeing a lot of cactuses. I wouldn't even be surprised if he took her as far as the Theodore Roosevelt Dam. She shows me that he was familiar with this particular area and had gone there quite a few times over the years and really knew where to dig. And he kind of made it like a gravesite for her and often goes back to check on her, at least when he could. Now, will they ever be able to actually find her body? From my research, I see that Sarah's been able to get money volunteers, cadaver dogs to do searches but they have indicated that there's no probable cause to search these areas but I do feel like someone is going to make headway due to the fact that Michael has been released on these charges. They will go forward and try their absolute hardest to do something but I feel like there is going to be a lot of media involved. I do feel like they may be able to Keep on fighting for this. It might take a couple of years. It needs to happen, though, pretty significantly because they'll be able to determine that it is her body. I don't feel like he took her apart or, you know, did anything in that manner. I feel like he dug her a bit of a grave. I feel like he tried to do it as nice as he possibly could. And I feel like they'll be able to determine that it was his gun that shot her. I also feel like they'll have significant evidence still to this day that can pin it on him. I sure hope
1: so, because unfortunately, they cannot take him again to trial for the murder or kidnap of her because it's double jeopardy. However, maybe they can find some other sort of charges to put on him, at least to get some sort of justice for Alyssa in some way.
0: Right. Like one of those charges in relation to, you know, tampering with a dead body and something about lying to the police officers? Absolutely. I feel like there will be significant evidence. So here's something I want to mention too. Now, I don't believe that Michael remembers where she is now. I think he's like lost the actual sight of where she's at. But anyways, I also feel like he has a little bit of dementia. Now, she is a very strong spirit. And when I say strong, I mean like she can demand and change your thoughts. It's really neat. She has been trying to lead everyone in this direction and she knows that the police have really screwed this up. She is beyond frustrated and she doesn't really understand a lot of the logistics behind it. She wishes that they would Throw all of it away and just start from the beginning. She says that there are a couple of people that are trying to help with this case. And she even feels like the manhunt will be something that they do on their own to find her body. I mean, since all of this has
1: come to light, even her biological father, Stephen, has reappeared. And according to some sources, he was there at the time of the trial with Michael. Does Alyssa have anything she wants to say about that situation?
0: When things are really bad, and when being sexually abused, she always wished someone would come forward and take her away. She didn't really know too much about her bio dad, but from what I gather, she feels like she could have had a better or different life, but she also feels like it was meant to be or she would have never had her sister, which by the way, she wants everyone to know that has done so much work, regardless of how cold, the amount of hours how terrifying and stressful it has all been hearing all these things. She's happy inside because her sister has dedicated pretty much her entire adult life to this. She's happy with the podcast. She's happy with everything surrounding it. She's not too much of a fan of TikTok though. (laughs) She thinks people overshare and for not the ways you think. She just worries that people's safety can be compromised she hates the camera she says her next life she refuses to be in the spotlight and she's gonna wait until all her family gets there one way or another i don't blame her on not wanting to be out there but
1: it's true a lot of people put a lot of their information out there so you know guys when you are filming just make sure you don't film certain landmarks and stuff like that if you don't want people to really know certain things because people are creepy nowadays Now, I do have one more question. Now, is there anything that she wants to say about
0: Michael? Now, she doesn't personally do anything surrounding him anymore. The only time she ever really spent any time around him was to screw with him, to make him paranoid. But the last five, six years, she hasn't really been around him in any capacity. But he's definitely haunted by his own conscious mind. He still has some disgusting videos and pictures and he plans to do something even bigger he thinks that people are going to believe him because you know he's going to tell his side of the story and I was going to recommend people not to listen but also he may accidentally reveal some information so maybe it's not a bad idea to listen to what he has to say
1: well thank you so much for connecting with Alyssa today I know that this was a very nerve-wracking case it was very disturbing as well
0: I also want to put out there, since there's a lot of people that might be listening to this episode that don't necessarily agree with what I'm doing, but I'm doing this for the spirits. I speak for them and I don't speak for the living. I'm not someone who's full of shit either. I've been doing this very long time, very accurate, and we'll keep doing it regardless absolutely now next week guys
1: we will be dropping our final episode for november i literally can't even believe that we are at the end of november already right now that episode is going to be epstein's island part two this episode is going to definitely be in relation to a cover-up and possibly connected to some victims definitely going to be an eye-opening episode so make sure you guys are all patrons so you can listen to that and if you are becoming a new patron make sure to listen to part one first and you'll be able to go smoothly right into part two until next time guys stay freaked out